Hey there, great friends of the High Performance Podcast. Welcome along to another of our bite-sized episodes where we know that you can't always give us an hour and sit down and, you know, travel in the car or whatever you're doing and listen to high performance. But we still want to help you. We still want to get into your minds. We still want to improve the way you're thinking, educate you. Um, And I'm going to share something with you on today's um, High Performance Podcast from a journalist called Tim Wigmore. And he came to us and spoke to us about why younger siblings are better at sport. Let me say that again for those of you who've got two children, why younger siblings are better at sport. Now, Tim didn't come onto the High Performance Podcast. Tim appeared on the High Performance Circle, which is our members club where we have keynote speeches like this. We have presentations, we have short high performance boosts. There's loads of amazing stuff. It's all totally free because we are so keen to reach as many people as possible with the messages from High Performance. So very briefly, if you want to join the High Performance Circle, just go to thehighperformancepodcast.com, click circle, and you can get your invite right there. But Basically, what Tim spoke about is that younger brothers and sisters statistically have a significantly greater chance of becoming elite athletes. And in the session that he shared with us, Tim unveils his research and also explores why being a younger sibling can help so much. And I actually, just two or three days after Tim came and spoke to us, I was watching the children in the garden and I I saw the skills and the psychological traits that athletes need that my son is building because he's younger than his sister. In fact, he's only sitting a a few feet away from me right now. He's just got in from school and he's listening to this. Um, I'm talking to Sebi about the time that you were in the garden with Florence and you were chasing that stick and she kept winning. Do you remember? Yeah, he nodded his head. He doesn't talk much. He's he's very cool, he's my boy. Um, But basically I was watching them outside and Florence said, right, Seb, we're going to run and we're going to grab that stick. It was on the front garden. She said, the first one to get to five is the winner. And she's nine he's only six so she's long and lanky and does loads of sport and she's fast and she's a like and and you know as much as he wants to be as quick as her he's three years younger he's like a third he's two-thirds her age so I watched them and they ran first and she won by a long way one nil to her and then they ran again and that time he actually got a little bit closer but it was two nil to her and then they went again and it was three nil to her and I know for a fact because Florence doesn't experience that side of the coin very often. If that was her at 3-0, she's gone. Well, not only does she know she can't win, but the pain of being beaten three times in a row by her younger brother would have been too much for her. And that's fine. And she can't help that in many ways because she's an older sister. So she lives in a house where the only people that beat her at games and events and things are either her mum and dad or her friends when they come round or her older cousins. So she doesn't, she's not exposed to this too often. And I watched them. And she sort of stopped at 3-0 and looked at Seb as if to say, like, you can't win now. And he was just ready to go again and again. And on the fifth go, he got the closest he got to getting that stick. She still got it and she won all five. But it was the fact that after four defeats, he is still going. And you know what? That is what life is about. Life is about the resilience to just keep going. And that's where we have to be so careful as parents. You know, I see everywhere I look, helicopter parenting, where parents are hovering around their children, smoothing out the path in front of them, taking away any obstacles, making sure that they are fully equipped for success. The one thing that they don't fully equip them for is failing because they remove the failure. Therefore, they remove the learning and therefore they remove that the vitamins and minerals being built up inside them to deal with disappointment and failure and struggle and letdown. And therefore they create non-resilient people 
who go out into the big wide world and at 21 or 22, they have their first ever failure and it derails them completely because they haven't built up the ability to deal with that failure. So Tim is about to speak to you. This is a very short part of Tim's amazing talk. Just a reminder, if you want to hear the full thing, just go to the High Performance Circle, thehighperformancepodcast.com, click on Circle. It's a fascinating conversation. You'll love it there. There's loads more amazing stuff there as well. But right now, I'll leave you in the capable hands of Tim Wigmore, explaining why younger siblings are better at sport. I hope you get lots from it. This is a picture of the Williams sisters, Venus and Serena, when they're, 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 they were seven or eight. So you'll see in the, the picture here that Venus, who was 15 months older, so she's got a couple of inches taller than Serena here. And in their matches as kids, Venus would, norm, would normally win, and she was thought of as the better player. But their father, Richard, he always said that Serena would go on to be the, the, the better player. And history has proved that he was right. Venus has had a fantastic career, but Serena is probably the best female tennis player of all time. What was true of the Williams sisters is true more generally in sport. So if you are a younger sibling, you're generally better at sport than your older siblings. So there was a study of 33 different athletes in 33 different sports, and it compared, looked at the family dy dynamics of elite athletes, so those who had success at international level, and it compared them with nearly athletes. So that's athletes who were successful at youth level but didn't quite make the, the leap. And it, it compared the number of siblings that elite and nearly athletes had, and it found that on average there was, there was no difference at all. So they both have the same number of siblings. But then this, the study looked at whether the siblings were older or younger, and here they found a really big difference. So for elite athletes, they had an average of 1.04 siblings who were older, and nearly athletes only had 0.6 older siblings, so a gap of almost twice. And this has also been borne out when, just like the, the Williams sisters or the Murray brothers in tennis, two siblings go on to play professionally in the same sport. In about two out of three cases then, the younger sibling also goes on to be more successful than the older sibling. So this is, this is true both in terms of becoming professional and also when two siblings both go on to be professional in the same sport. So that is the little sibling effect. And, and what's going on here? Well, really, there's four explanations. The first is, is playing up. So the idea of playing up is if you're, you look at Serena and Venus, so Serena, she was playing, obviously, with her, her older sister, and that was going to be, be more difficult for her. It was, it was more challenging. And we know in skill acquisition, not just in sport, but across life more generally, you learn more when you fail more. And basically, if you're winning more than sort of 70% of the time, things are a little bit too easy, and you're not learning enough. So you think of, again, think of Venus and Serena playing tennis against each other. Well, even if they were playing for the same amount of time on the court, Serena was actually going to be learning more from that same amount of, of practice because it was more difficult for her and that forced her to develop different skills. So she would actually learn more from the same amount of time than Venus would. The second advantage for younger siblings is they have to develop alternative skills. Basically, they have to compensate for generally being smaller, less strong and less fast. They have to find other ways of competing. This can be skills, it can be, be tactics, it can be the, the mental side of, of the game. 
And essentially what, what happens is if you're the younger sibling, you have this physical disadvantage as a kid, you have to find these, these other ways of making up for that and you get an edge you know, in those skills and tactics. And then when you, you both become adults, well, you've probably neutralized that physical disadvantage you, you once had against your older brother or sister. So that's no longer a factor. And actually because of being young and having that disadvantage all along, you've had to develop all these other skills, which means you don't have a physical physical disadvantage, but you've got your advantage comes from every from everything else. So it's it's harder all, all the way along through your journey, um, but that forces you to compensate, and that's a really 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 positive thing for you. The third advantage for younger siblings is the mental side of the game. So being a younger sibling, it's it's really really tough when you're playing against your older sibling. You're losing most of the time, and this this develops your competitiveness, your your tenacity. You know you're you're used to, to losing, and you want to do everything you can to to stop that and to change that. So. Lots of athletes, including Michael Jordan, have talked about how playing with their older siblings was really formative for them. So, so Michael Jordan was the youngest of three brothers, and the only person famously who could beat him in a game of pickup basketball was Larry, his older brother. Um, and Michael later said that he wouldn't have become the player he did were it not for those games with Larry and how they instilled a, a real desire in him um, and a, a will to win. And this is, is really good preparation for being a a professional athlete, basically, because it, it develops your competitiveness, your determination to win, and to find ways of winning at all, all costs. Um, and again, that desire seems to be greater when you're a younger sibling and you're, you're used to, to losing. So having that goal to aspire to, it pushes you more than if you're an older sibling and you're, you're winning as normal. It, you know, the, the motivation to go from losing to winning seems to be, be greater than just to kind of carry on winning when you're winning and you're, you're used to winning and maybe a little bit complacent. The, the fourth advantage for younger siblings comes from their parents. So all parents will deny and they'll say they treat all their kids exactly the same. But we know this just isn't true at all. So we know with, with younger, younger children, with little siblings, they tend to get more rope. Parents are more, are more relaxed. They let their younger children play more outside at a younger age. They're just a bit more, more relaxed about them. And that really benefits the younger siblings in sport. So this means that the younger children in sport, they get to have more informal play at a younger age. Informal play, you know, just, just kicking a, a ball or you know, hitting a ball with, with their friends and family in, in a park. Very, very simple, but informal play is incredibly important in shaping who becomes elite athletes. There have been studies in a wide range of sports, and this tells us that the number of hours that uh, kids do of informal play is actually a better predictor of who on, goes on to be elite than the number of hours of formal training and matches and so on. So what's the magic of informal play? Well, it's basically the fact that you are unsupervised, you are forced to learn things for yourself, you're forced to actually to diagnose problems and react to them, which is great preparation for what you need as a professional athlete. You're not always relying on your, your teacher, your coach, your mum or dad telling, telling you what, what to do. You have to learn things for yourself, and that is, is so, so important. It, it enhances problem solving, gives you, you more creativity, and it, it just means you're more kind of sure of what you, you need to do. You know you, you can adapt, that adaptability is so, so important. And again, if you're a younger sibling with parents a bit more relaxed, able to have more informal play, you're gonna generally become more creative and more adaptable. So what are the things that everyone else can, can learn from that? It was cool, wasn't it? Tim was fantastic. And if you want more from Tim, 
go to thehighperformancepodcast.com, click circle, and there you can apply to join the High Performance Circle. We've got tens of thousands of members already, so join them. Come on the journey, join the movement, the High Performance Movement. Thank you very much for joining us for this episode of the High Performance Podcast Bite Size Edition. Thanks to Finn from Rethink Audio, Hannah, Will, Eve, Gemma, everyone involved in the podcast. Remember, there's no secret, guys. So go and find your own version of high performance. And we'll see you for another episode very soon.